0: And now, ladies and gentlemen, right to your hosts of Down the Garden Path, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing.
1: Hello and welcome to the ninth season of Down the Garden Path where each week we discuss down-to-earth tips and advice while doing our best to help you seasonally manage your garden and landscape. I'm Joanne Shaw, owner of Down to Earth Landscape Design, and with me is my co-host and co-author Matthew Dressing. Hello there, Matt.
0: Hey Joanne and hello everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm Matthew Dressing, owner of Natural Affinity Garden Design. As landscape designers and gardeners, we believe it's important and possible To have great gardens which are sustainable and low maintenance and we want to help you make it happen
1: that's right and with spring fast approaching it feels like it today uh, and and warmer weather upon us we're getting excited about heading out into the garden and getting started tonight it's our april in the garden episode and we're going to talk about all the do's and don'ts in your april garden So what garden projects are you looking forward to this April? Have you started working out in your yard or garden yet? I hope not. And you can write us here at down the garden path podcast at hotmail.com with any of your questions. uh, And we look forward to hearing them. Uh, Also, don't forget to stick around for the end of the show for our new stepping stone segment, where we will answer some more listener questions and give you timely tips for your garden and landscape. Um, Although that's what the whole show is about, right, Matt? (laughs) that's timely right tips. timely tips um, um yes, yes your april for sure. garden <laughs> that's right that's right so so yes it's today you know it's still
0: cool though it is it is still cool it is still cool i think we hit here today was it nine degrees celsius mm, i don't know um, um i think we just kind of hit nine for a little okay. bit of a blip and we're dropping back down fairly quickly so okay. it is definitely a tease there is definitely still some time to go. Yeah. Um, but I know I stepped out of the front door this morning and wow, it is even the early in the morning. It was still like seven o'clock, but I was like, oh, this is nice. This is going to be a nice. Uh... Day. You yeah, could feel yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the rain uh, that we've had over the last few days has, you know, all the snow for the most part, you know, still those kind of shady north. If you still have snow in little spots in your yard, then you know that's that area it doesn't get very much sun. Um, but for the most part, right, uh, the snow is gone. So we can start designing and measuring sites. So uh, the design season officially uh, kicks off, I think, this week with uh, um, people we've been holding back because we can, like, we can't see if there's snow so uh, <laughs> so yeah
0: yeah that's right that's right so don't hesitate to call your landscape designers uh to help you with your design dilemmas uh, including Joanne and I are right. willing to help as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. right?
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Or we can do a pitch to our Patreon that if you wanted 20 minutes or so with uh, two landscape designers, right? Um, right? Well, it's too late for tonight's show, but at the end of May's episode or uh, yeah, May uh, May in the gardens. episode next month, we would happy, we'd be happy to chat with you. Right.
0: That's right. And by then I'm sure you have lots of other questions and things to share about. Yes. For sure.
1: Yeah, so yeah, just a $10 donation to our Patreon gets you uh, you know, both both Matt Matthew and I <laughs> and uh, uh, lots of any of your questions you may have. So uh, so yeah. So,
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An excellent plug. <laughs> so, I think the big question on everybody's mind is when is it going to be safe to plant? And I think we had a little bit of that last week. But, mm-hmm. you know, it is still April, yeah. right? So right now, technically being March, uh, we still want to wait. But April can be hit and miss as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It looks like we might have, what do you think, a little bit of an earlier season. I don't think it's going to hold too long. The yeah. long range says we're going to be up to about 10 for the next week or two. Okay. Um, but, you know, that's Mother Nature, right? So you never yeah. We so, really, know. yeah, you really do have to play it by ear. You yeah. have to watch the weather as it goes. Mm-hmm. But, like we said, we might be eager to get out into our garden. And do we want to be doing that yet? And the answer is no. Even no. with all that nice snow melting, you know, we might have some areas around our driveways. Or we can just kind of reach into the garden because, you know, we always say never stepping on frozen or wet soil, Mm -hmm. Um, just the betterment of the garden. Remember, there's still little bits of areas we might clean up, but there are lots of insects and other beneficials who are still long asleep and waiting. So Mm -hmm. we're going to have to wait to plant and uh, we still want to wait to clean up. Right. um, Yeah. And the the Yeah,
1: and the cleanup, I think, always happens for people uh, prior to the planting, even. Definitely. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so definitely, you know, we I, and sadly, I saw some people in Facebook groups yesterday took advantage of the sunnier day, even though it was cool, and raked their lawn and did, you know, and I'm like, no, no, no.
0: <laughs>
1: you're just making room for lots of weeds and
0: were they here though? Were they like from our area or I think was it so. Like yeah. North there was Carolina? like the,
1: no, no, there was a garden Ontario site. And yeah, oh. I think they were our people. So uh, some of those sites, um, but uh, yeah. So um, you know, yeah, people are going to do what they're going to do. We are here to just advise you why you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll just go through some of our different uh, categories and uh and kind of and and of course we want your questions so i know everybody's eager uh, we've done shows uh, lately all about indoor plants and things so we're happy to talk about outdoor situation as well even though if it's telling you um to slow things
0: down a little bit right that's right right so don't rush out there to get it all done in the next two weeks we still have time that'll be to your benefit for sure but if we can't plant outside Um, You know what? We're getting into that time where we're starting to consider our seeds and bulbs uh, because we do have some things like our overwintering canna lilies or calla lilies, uh, some of the bigger, longer uh, blooming or things that take a little bit longer to maturity uh, that can be ready to be potted up over the next few weeks. Again, and not right now, but in the coming time. So something like your overwintering, like I was saying, your cannas or your callas, maybe mm-hmm. some of your non-hardy summer bulbs are hanging out downstairs. They're in the basement or the cold cellar and they're just waiting. So hopefully you've been taking an eye or taking a look at them as we've been going through the winter. We won't don't want them to completely dry out and or die. But now is the time where we might just start to see some of them green up. Um, and usually, mid to end of March is also a period with things like our cannas can do that. And we can get a jump start on their maturity and the time that they flower uh, by planting them up indoors in a sunny window, uh, or even not a sunny window, even just a north or an east window where we do have some light because they're going to be asleep, they're going to be potted, where they can just slowly warm up and start to okay. grow and stretch their legs.
1: What about dahlias, Matt?
0: Yeah, you could start dahlias. I like to start dahlias, though, a little bit closer to, like, mid-April. I find I've started once or twice a couple dahlias over that I had kept over just for fun. And I was doing, like, the March thing. And I found that by mid-end of April, they were really ahead of themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, they were very leafy, almost to the point I was like, what am I doing with this thing? Where is it going to go? Yeah. So I like to wait a little bit longer. Okay. Um,
1: Yeah, Yeah, so so, like often, uh, like we've said before, sometimes earlier isn't better because it's just much more maintenance, right? Exactly, exactly.
0: So taking a look at, for example, you know, what bulbs you do or don't have are ready to plant, but also ready for your seedlings. So if you're going to start some seeds, we can start doing some of the more popular longer day uh, or longer to maturity seeds, things like peppers and tomatoes that might take up to four months to maturity. But again, we're going to start, not today, at the end of March, (laughs) but in the next couple of weeks. It's always, again, best to look at your package and take a look to see which variety or cultivar or hybrid you have that is going to be best started when. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if it says eight weeks before the May 2-4 weekend, we're almost there now. I think we're actually kind of nine and a half or just about nine, Uh, but we're March 27th. So March April and then into May, we're almost about that eight week, eight week period. So, looking for things that are on our seed packages, seeing eight uh, to 10 weeks uh, away. I uh, have a talk coming up, and I'm actually going to be starting some tomato seeds uh, in three days' time. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to grow some little micro dwarf tomatoes uh, julia demacos was talking to us about okay some of her small ones so i've picked up some red robins uh, and i'm going to start them and they're determinant. they only get eight inches tall and eight inches wide and i can just succession plant those growing indoors under lights or in a window and they'll very quickly reward me with uh nice little cherry tomatoes all season long and take up almost no space okay so, so red a- robin
1: eh so where did you get the red robin from
0: uh, where did I get them? I think I got them from West Coast Seeds. Okay, I got them from West. And they Coast were
1: dwarf. Seeds.
0: Yeah, they're micro dwarf tomatoes, so they're very, okay. very small. And then they're determinate. So determinate means they're basically going to flower and then fruit all at once. Okay. Uh, whereas our indeterminate ones will continue to grow like a vine and trellis and flower and mm-hmm. trellis and flower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's so great. Keeping a look out for those things that you are growing. Yeah. But We looked like we have a couple of listener questions. Did we want to jump to those? Sure. What do we have here? Carl has written in. Uh, Hey, Joanne and Matt, if no raking our lawn, what can we do to it? You know what, Carl? I know we're all eager to get out there, but the only thing we ever say that we like to do is if you're using corn gluten. It's basically the one thing that you would want to do. And you're going to get on and you're going to get off. And that's about it. Um, it needs to be down before the forsythia blooms. So we, yeah, so we see the forsythia with those bright yellow flowers that cover the stems before the foliage emerges. That's when we see our crabgrass germinating as well. So as the forsythia blooms, our crabgrass, is, which is the main thing we try to control with our corn gluten, that becomes uh, almost too mature for really that pre-emergent to affect. So getting out there in late March or early April, we can put down our corn gluten uh, as the snow melts and get that ready so that when the crabgrass does start, they get stopped by the pre-emergent. Note though, for anybody who is maybe trying corn gluten for the first time or who hasn't heard about it, uh, corn gluten is a corn byproduct. You do want the corn gluten, not the corn meal. The meal tends to be processed a little finer, doesn't have the protein in it that acts as the pre-emergent in the quantity that you want. Uh, But the corn gluten is also comes in a pellet form. And it is spring, and there are babies and foraging animals and things starting to appear. So we eat corn. Other things eat corn too. So if you're by the lake and the geese are coming in or you've got lots of ducks or seagulls starting to migrate back for the warmer months, you might consider uh, strategically putting out your corn gluten uh, or not putting out corn gluten if they're immediately in your area, because they will eat it, right? It is a corn product. Well, they eat it?
1: Like, so they're going to eat it off the lawn. Like, doesn't it, it kind of gets watered in a bit though, doesn't it? Eventually, Um, yeah, kind
0: of, break down and become mushy if it's still frozen or very cold it will take time for that to happen so you do get okay. some, kind of some foraging on it yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but eventually yeah, i will just
1: yeah and we've spoken before on the show that you know people are used to like instant like putting something down and in it instantly rewarding it rewarding ourselves but that's not necessarily the case with go- corn gluten that you do need to kind of build up build it up in the lawn so you know applying it in the spring applying it in the fall and then applying it next spring before it really starts to it's an accumulative effect
0: right yeah it'll be stronger the more you put it down so it's right. like in the fall in the spring just like you said okay exactly and ideally it's a component of your overall lawn program right you want to apply it down and so that you can feed the soil you can prevent weeds giving your grass the strongest start And then as long as we take care of our grass, make sure it doesn't go dormant, Um, you know, we're not not feeding it or trampling it too much or being on the wrong time. Corn gluten will be a piece to that puzzle to get -hmm. that grass nice and thick and fight for itself, help you eliminate those weeds or keep them away. And it's it's
1: weeds that are um, from the seeds, like crabgrass. Is that a a good, right? Crabgrass and some of the other ones that...
0: yeah. So, non the perennial one. So, we always think like dandelions in the lot or, you know, the plantain, that little mini hosta one with the tall spikes, uh, or clover, things like that, right? Those perennials already established weeds, this will have zero effect on. Um, so, you would want to remove those physically or chemically and get rid of them, and then apply your corn gluten to the exposed space. And right. then that'll help prevent them while the other things grow. The other thing to say is it also will stop grass seed right so you can't, corn gluten and grass seed at the same time it'll stop all seeds
1: right so there needs to be a gap between when you put the gr- corn but should you do you do need to do the corn gluten first though right because grass yeah, is too still too cool at night to do grass seed anyway
0: right right when we're thinking like mid to end of april yeah right. or again depending on when we get some warmth and it might be early May, if it depends on yeah. how our spring goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, you want to do it first. You want, you know, the grass seed's going to take some time to grow, but the weed seeds will take advantage. And they one of their characteristics that make them successful is they sprout right away or very, very quickly. So they will naturally be faster than our grass seed. So mm. By doing it first, we'll stop them, clear the path, and leave it empty and barren of weed seeds, just so our grass seed can take over. Okay,
1: and every year there's new products coming out. Have you seen anything uh, that would also be uh, used for weed that type of weed control?
0: I haven't yet. I've still seen different corn gluten kind of phases or variations thereof, but I haven't seen anything that you know hails back to the classic broadleaf herbicide that does no longer. Here
1: here in Canada and Ontario. Here in
0: Canada and Ontario, speaking for Ontario, because the States are still have tons of all that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Right. There's stuff too. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of stuff. Yes. So hopefully Carl, that answers some of your question or your question. Indeed, that's the main thing we want to be doing is just corn gluten uh, and staying off of it until it's no longer wet or spongy. Just letting the grass start to green up and grow. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And since it's it is April in the garden, do you see if it's just a normal kind of spring, uh, will by the end of April it be time to let's say put down an organic fertilizer? Yeah, I think if,
0: yeah, I think if we stay warm and we get those temperatures that start to hit up to closer to that ten or that twelve, we we might start get to it. But usually what we want to see is at least that like two inches of new like grass growth kind of going Ooh. because Remember, we've put on our winter and our fall fertilizer, so it's still there on the soil surface or dissolved into it. So as our grassroots grow, that's what will push the initial growth. And then once it's actually warm and really actively growing and we have consistent temperatures, we could do that fall okay. fer- or that, that spring fertilizer. Yeah. yeah what seems- if they
1: didn't do a fall fertilizer, though?
0: Yeah, if they didn't, yeah. You could, once you get out there and you see that little bit of growth going, you could go out and put an organic I'd still watch for the squishiness and wet in your lawn so you don't damage their roots because yeah Uh, but other than that yeah I would just kind of wait until that late or that you know mid-April or early May time when the grass does rev up and Mm -hmm. and get going yeah yeah Yeah. okay um
1: and I have another weird question but you know everybody's so anxious to rake their lawns Mm -hmm. but do, why do we need to rake our lawns? Like, I, th- I just think it's just one of those things that like the whole clean up and put your garden to bed thing that, you know, we saw our fathers do or our grandfathers do. And we all think we need to run out there and do it. The thatch isn't that bad of an, you know, and it prevents, it's a bit of wheat. I think weed control right there, right? It's If, if the thatch is there, it's going to control some of the weed seeds. So I feel like we're self always kind of perpetuating things by leaving, like, you know, scraping the surface and exposing all that soil, and then we talking yeah. about the weeds. Like, is there really a reason, it, it, you know?
0: The, you Like you were saying, like, the, the real reason is because we're basically, you know, mowing and manicuring the lawn, right? So every time we mow, we add to that thatch layer to a degree. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do it or de-thatch really until like every year and a half, maybe two years. But And like you said, that thatch layer is fighting its battle, right? It's trapping seeds and creating an unfavorable environment when the thatch really becomes a problem is you can start to see it when you look at the lawn you can kind of see through the green and the thatch and then the thatch becomes so thick it starts to smother the crowns that are on the soil level and then then that becomes an issue so keeping it free to a degree but heavy hard raking every spring and fall for thatch is a waste of time it's not needed by the grass is what i'm saying if you want to keep it that way you go right ahead but again, you open the door for some issues, right? Exposed soil, yeah. damaging the crowns from doing that hard. And it's not necessary. Yeah.
1: And I think save your rotator cuff, like, holy cow. It's you know <laughs> what I mean? It's a lot of work. So yeah. <laughs> and when you think about it, like people with um really massive properties aren't out there raking their thoughts. You know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. So I just I think and the grass grows fine. So, right
0: exactly they might have it done once every two years the yeah. gardener might come through and do it just for the sake of doing it to keep up on the program but yeah 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 exactly okay for sure so hopefully that helps carl uh, mm-hmm. but if it doesn't uh, feel free to give us another shout <laughs> we've also got monica asking i think is that where you're growing <laughs> yeah. next yeah, oh, Monica.
1: Okay. Uh, she says, hi to J&M. When do tulips start to bloom? Thanks. Uh, so great question. And it really depends on the, the variety that you planted because some are early, some are mid-season, and some are late. It's still cool. I think it depends on... Um, you know, where you're located as well, as far as the temperatures and how much sun, because I think also, you know, the early, you know, if you've got that sunny spot, you're going to get a bit more sun and it may, that that ground may heat up a little bit faster than other areas um, that might be under and Evergreen or something like that, that a bit cooler. So a lot of it, it depends, but we should start to see some some tulips in the next um, two weeks or so, I would think in the in the first couple of weeks of April. But a lot of it just d- does d- depend on the temperature, right, Matt?
0: yeah exactly if the soil is still frozen or very very cold they may not be ready to send up yeah. their shoots yet and if you buy for example a late spring tulip uh it's not late spring yet right late spring right. is the end of may and may. into the beginning of june yeah. so you may not see some of those big like double or peony head types until much later so Mm -hmm. yeah it depends on the type and like you said the soil and i um was at the college today and i was walking around and around the the center for food we have little bits of tulips or little uh they're not tulips uh but little bulbs just starting to poke their head out Mm. just an inch or so so Mm -hmm. but like you said they're in a sunny spot right all day long yeah and they're surrounded by
1: a wall and some cement Oh, okay, okay. I know the leaves to my daffodil, so I don't have tulips planted, but I do have daffodils. Um, so I know beside my front door, which doesn't, I guess, gets a, you know a fair amount of sun, um, and it, but also is near the stone steps and the brick wall, so you know a little bit there and some armor stones. So um, the leaves, I would say, about three or four inches. The leaves are already up, but no sign oh, of the nice. flowers yet. But so I, I think it really does depend, uh, Monica. But it'll be soon. So we'll look right. forward to that for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. Uh, Ray's written in, hey, are hi to the garden path. Uh, Should I start or plant my giant pumpkin seeds outside, or uh, pumpkins outside now? Your giant pumpkins. Those are one of those ones where we might consider starting in the week or two, again, depending on the variety you have, uh, taking a look at that seed and that start date. Um, you could put them outside. Um, I wouldn't though. I would start them inside and we mm-hmm. get that little bit of extra month and a half of growth or, or a month of growth and then yeah. harden them off like regular. And then they'll be that far ahead. Right. Okay. You don't have to take any risks or anything with them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: safer way to go ray and uh yeah we still need to
0: do we keep talking about
1: doing a pumpkin show and we so we still need to talk to somebody about pumpkins um so uh so yeah (laughs) let us know ray if you want to be how you're making out with the giant pumpkins you could be a guest on the (laughs) show i know you're an avid listener for us um and olivia sent us a lovely message matt um so uh hi all um happy spring we have We all have waited for this time of year. I'm going to listen to your radio show every week this year. That's great. And (laughs) when she cannot listen, she will search us out online with our podcast. Love you from Boston, Massachusetts. So thank you very much, Olivia. Um, Thank you, Olivia. Your your questions are great. And um, we are glad that you are tuning in and that you know you can tune in live or you can tune into the podcast. And uh, always uh, email us a question or post it in our Facebook group. We would love that.
0: And Olivia, this year we've actually launched the podcast onto YouTube. So if you need to, yeah. you're not a podcast listener, but you're a YouTuber, you can check us out there too. And mm-hmm. post. same time, it becomes live on all the major podcast providers. So yeah, it's very cool. Thank you, Olivia. Who else do we have? We've got
1: oh, Erica is asking more about the lawn. <laughs>
0: oh yes. So Eric, no, (laughs) at least rake our garden beds now and not our lawns. No, because remember Eric, we have a lot of overwintering beneficial insects, especially native insects uh, that are in our leaf debris because this was once the Carolinian forest bordering the Mm -hmm. boreal forest. So all of our native guys, they tend to be leaf dwellers or hide in the forest floor. So yes, I know it looks really ugly. Uh, But until we start to see 10 degrees regularly during at least during the day, and uh, not below zero at night, we want to make sure that we're leaving them there so they can naturally wake up. We don't dispose of the army of ladybugs waiting to kill those yeah. aphids that you've been dealing with <laughs>
1: yeah yeah for sure and also think about how wet how much snow we've had yeah. how much rain we've had eric so walking on the lawns and walking on the uh, on the gardens right now even if you've got some mulch down that's a lot of compression that's a lot of um um, you know, one, you're killing the insects and two you're just compressing all the soil. so then when we get more spring rains, you know then it just runs right off, right It's not being absorbed. So there's really I mean if you you can stand on the side you know of the row or the port you know the garden like from a walkway or from the driveway or whatever and reach in and you know grab some litter that I did that today. actually I went for a walk and then I picked up the litter. I tend to get a ton of lit because I'm a corner house, so I get the litter. So I was standing, you know, on the curb and picking out things and stuff like that. But for the most part, you know, it's it's still March and uh, take advantage of it by going for a walk and enjoying some, uh, you know, trails and that type of thing. But as far as our own gardens, we really should just be patient.
0: Yeah. And remember too, leaf litter is. As it dries out, even now, it's still a protective layer. So even when we normally would have snow to insulate everything, now our leaves are our last offense. Yeah, cool. But good question. Thank you, Eric. uh, For sure. Thank you very much. Don't forget, we have all of our April timely tips And then some in Down the Garden Path podcast, a step-by-step guide to your Ontario garden, whether you're in Ontario or like Olivia in the same zone down over in Boston, Massachusetts. Don't let the word Ontario scare you. That's Uh, right. We've got lots of timely uh, tips for your garden and uh, landscapes in your yard to give you the best chance. And that's what we really enjoy doing. So thank you everyone for joining us here on Reality Radio 101 Live. Thank you as well. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, yes, Tommy, we are on YouTube as well. So you can find all the past episodes on YouTube as well as your favorite podcast provider. And while you're there, don't forget to hit uh, that subscribe button to Be notified of new content, and don't forget to like, share, and leave us a comment. We love hearing from you. And if you're a new listener, I'm Matthew Dressing here with my co-host and co-author, Johan Shaw, and you're listening to Down the Garden Path here on Reality Radio 101. So thank you, everybody, no matter where you're listening from. Don't forget, you can write us here at any time, Down the Garden Path podcast at hotmail.com and uh, we do our best to timely return uh, your emails and tips and tricks and advice. So before we move on away from maybe some annuals or bulbs, some of the smaller things we can plant now, uh, have you and the boys decided what you're going to grow just quite yet? No, uh,
1: yeah, no, I've been very inconsistent. So I've I've kind of got (laughs) my lighting set up. I moved my because we grew um basil and parsley uh, in our little uh, arrow garden, yeah, and it got too big, so we moved it downstairs to the light. But now that it's downstairs, like we forget to use it for cooking. You know, it's oh yeah. Um, and I have to admit, I planted, oh, I think it's onions. That's what I did. I'm like, I started something and I don't remember what it is, but now I remember they were tiny, tiny little seeds. So I did. So they have started to sprout and, um, yeah, I haven't decided which tomatoes, what I want to do yet. Um, but I'm, I mean that I love the idea of the indeterminate and having consistent tomatoes, but even the cherry and the grape ones, like it's so much work making the, 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 like the height of them and maintaining them because my space is so like it's just that little tiny strip before the the concrete of the pool so it's just Mm -hmm. so limiting right um so yeah so no I haven't um
0: yeah well and did so remember I served mine in that little like 15 gallon nursery pot (laughs) so maybe um and did you do the onions you were talking about doing the walla walla onions but doing them outside in cold so did you I do did, well, did
1: I haven't checked on them actually. I did. Were you supposed <laughs> to check on them? I put them in that salad container. I put them. Oh, now that the snow is melted, because yeah, even Dylan was like, "What is that thing in the middle of like?" <laughs> I I walked on the snow on top of the pool cover and pl- like literally placed my little um, it's like salad container that ha- already had drainage holes and stuff, and I put the seeds in there and kind of winter sowed it on the snowbank. And so he's like, "Cause that's and would get a lot of sun there too." And he's like, "I didn't know what the heck that was like." Out in the middle of the yard, um, <laughs> so I have not checked on it. That's a thing, right? Out of sight, out of like for me, I'm brutal, right? Out of sight, out of mind. Uh, so yeah, yes. so like I, you know, I can like I've got my sweet potato and my other plants that are in my office. Like I can barely keep t- on top of those, and they're right in front of me. Ugh. So uh, so yeah, so I haven't uh, kind of come up with all my things. I did buy some more, um, oh, some nasturtiums. Remember when we had Nikki mm. on, and I'd never grown those, so I actually bought some flower things to start um but it is still too early for those too so um so that's the thing the, all the seeds come out but then you've got to wait
0: yeah and nasturtiums is one of those ones that we can start doing later in in april for sure right. that's going to be like a six to eight week yeah at least a six week one to go and, yeah. and what um yeah no that's great that you did nasturtiums that's always been one of my and
1: cosmos too so cosmos cosmos yeah, yeah.
0: cosmos yeah yeah, and the nasturtium. Remember too, it's um, if you haven't grown nasturtium and you like something spicy or peppery, the entire plant is edible—flowers, leaves, mm-hmm. and even the immature seeds—and they give you a little bit of a kick. So, yeah, good. yeah, sure. so it's still yeah. on the edible track for you. That's right. That's
1: <laughs> right. How are your peanuts doing?
0: Uh, they are exploding. Um, they need a new home. I think they're about to flower. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like some flowers are about to start, or she's going to go into that mode. So I need to pot her up, um, and I've removed our little invader from last week. Oh yes, to eat our peanuts. Um, I last week I found I posted a video on Instagram and uh, some pictures, but I found everyone a Japanese garden beetle live moving around my seed trays in my light tower I must have grabbed like a handful of compost yes inside your house
1: like inside the apartment
0: yeah yeah exactly so I, I grabbed it I must have brought it in and potted something up just at the last minute and she spent like the last since fall uh eating roots from whatever I planted or whatever's in the the material and and woke up and started crawling around. I was like, oh my gosh. I think it's actually technically a boy, but he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I've got him like a little insect jar feeding him. So
1: Oh yeah. you didn't oh you didn't kill him. You didn't kill him. I guess I that's a horrible thing to say. You didn't kill him yet. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Like release
0: him? No, well, I think he'll die before then, but I'm okay. just kinda watering him and feeding him. And I think that if he came this far in the middle of March <laughs> so Matt
1: now has a new patch yes. all right some all insect
0: right. love <laughs> oh
1: goodness gracious uh, yeah so um, so yeah so I'm, I'm working on it I'm curious to know if our listeners anybody has started anything interesting and uh, exciting you know what I did notice today in this little slightly off topic but I was growing oh my gosh a Gora. I grew Gora, I bought my Gora Whirling Butterflies as an annual, um, so that I had two really large pots uh, that I had Gora in kind of at the end of my walkway, and um, a lot of full of soil. So I ended up just putting the pots in the garage in the winter, I didn't take anything out. And there's stuff piled on top of those pots in the garage. And I was coming in today and I looked over and I'm like, there's actually they're growing.
0: <laughs> you can see some green coming through. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to have to take stuff off of them, but they're in the garage. They do they are getting a bit of sunlight because it is near the window. Same with uh Glenn's fig tree. It's getting same thing. They were like random things like empty pots and stuff piled on top because they're such big pots, right? So they yeah. they they're like a place to put something, unfortunately. Um so yeah, so uh so that's kind of interesting. So that'll be interesting to see if they the, the whole plant comes back.
0: Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I think they would, especially you've got them in the garage and yeah. uh, they're growing. So they, their roots have obviously uh, survived.
1: I'm shocked because I was going to switch from Gora to the Cosmos. So now I'm like, oh, they're coming back. What are we going to do? Uh. So, uh, <laughs> I know, I know. And um, what Cosmos
0: did you get? I just got
1: the, they weren't, um, I want to say Sensation, Sensation. Okay,
0: uh, So but it like a classic s- Cosmos kind of deal. Was not like the um, Black Magic or the chocolate one?
1: No, no. It was, yeah, just a classic.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. Are you growing cool. any flowers to have on the...
0: Well, um, I'm going to grow the the Black Magic um, Cosmos. So I was wondering if oh. you were growing it at the same time. Um, so that can was...
1: We, oh, let me see. You just showed me the label. I've,
0: yeah, I've got the little package. Oh, there.
1: can we swap some? Can you bro- grow some for me and I'll grow I, some of the
0: others? I can try. You know what? Because this one is, it's a very hard to germinate one out Ooh. of, um, I think it's Mexico. It was a species thought extinct and then they found it and then they were trying to preserve it and cultivate it. So um, who was it here? I think it says on the back, Dr. Keith Hammett created the new black magic cultivar. And it smells like dark chocolate when you smell it. Like you're, you've got like a bin of dark chocolate or a handful of dark chocolate, chocolate chips, and uh, it smells like chocolate. So, yeah. So I'm excited. Yes, I would be happy to give you one if I can get them, get them going.
1: (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, that sounds good.
0: Speaking of flowers, mm-hmm. uh, remember, we're talking vegetables, but you can start, um, like we were just saying, lots of flowers or lots of annuals, uh, even perennials that you can buy by seed mm-hmm. and then you can start indoors to uh, fill out your garden or put yeah. in a container. So don't just think vegetables when you think starting by seed. There's lots of fun flowers and tropicals and, mm-hmm. and hearty perennials that will do wonderful started by seed, okay. uh, yeah. Of like echinacea bee ball And
1: speaking of annuals, I also um brought in, so I keep meaning to ask you this. I saved some of my coleus from last year. Oh yeah. So I and I cut the stems and put them in water. Now not all of the varieties survive, but I have one really, one or two really long ones and they're looking super sad. So do I um what do I do now? Uh, and I, I'm sure there's other listeners who, whether you've done geraniums or coleus, um,
0: or pothos, or ivy, or yes, yes. Yeah. Um,
1: do you have some tips for me?
0: Yeah. So if you've got yours really long, um, mm-hmm. the next sounds like without seeing them, the next best thing would be to break them either into smaller sizes because okay. it's probably atoliated, meaning like it's kind of had it hasn't had the intensity of the light that it would want. So you've probably got some longer stems between mm-hmm. leaves. Yeah. Yes. So we'd want to make sure that we we get a couple of those nodes, those spots where the leaves come out. And okay. then start to do cuttings. And then with those cuttings starting to root, whether you do it in water or soil. Can, you go yeah. Back so can water. I yeah, can
1: can I go back into water or can yeah. I should I tip it them in the soil?
0: Yeah, no, you could take the tips off of them and put them all in water, or even take some segments, um, you know, where there's two nodes, but maybe it's not a tip, um, but put one node in the water and then the other above the water, and that should break and start to cause a little bit of a bushier okay. bushier plant. But you could definitely do that, and then just start to introduce them into Um, a higher light or a higher quality of light so that they, that internodal space stays dense. So they, they're more like the one you're about to buy in, you know, a month and a half where they're nice. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, Do you think my East, like put, cause right now in a North window, move them to an East window or should I put them in the grow lights, let them sacrifice them in the basement?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Out of sight. Uh, Yeah, I do. If I, yeah, I have lots of plants and cuttings that I do just outside of an East window. Um, Okay. Yeah, I maybe wouldn't put them right in the east window um, until they got like a little, a few roots or root initials started. um, So that just as they get the direct east sun, they can really pull up the water as they need it. But yeah, no, they make some cuttings and give them some better light and they should fatten up and keep going.
1: Yeah, that's been on my list to ask you and stuff. I keep walking <laughs> past them going, oh, I gotta do something about those. Because um, it, it did grow so big that it actually it had kind of fallen out of the, like, you know, when they, they tip. And so it's, yeah. it looks like it's in the vase, but it's really not in the water in the vase, you know? That's <laughs> yeah. how much of a neglectful parent plant parent I can be sometimes so uh <laughs> so yeah so I raised you know tipped it back in propped it up it filled it up with water again so I'm hoping it's okay but um I and that's typical me right as I would have taken care of it all winter and kept it alive and then just before you need to start doing something with it I kill it you know mm-hmm. so I'm sure I'd love to hear the other you know plant parent crises out there that uh, people have the same dilemmas, but uh, yeah. So and my um, sweet potatoes. So is it still a good time like for our listeners if they wanted to to plant some to put their sweet potatoes in water or is it too late now that it's the end of March?
0: No, you probably could still do it. I would okay. I would still give it a try for sure. Might be a little behind what you would normally see elsewhere, or depending yeah. on what you want to do with it. Um, but yeah, they're pretty they're pretty good growers. You could still do it now. Um, you may even be able to do it over the next week or so too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. Just That's good.
0: Nice yeah. And,
1: and so just to recap, I'm sure everybody knows about those lime green, you know, um, sweet potato vines that you often put in annual baskets or containers, right? They hang mm-hmm. down and they're, they, they're great for in the garden too. If you've, especially if you've got a shady spot, they'll trail and, and brighten up a spot. So you can take your grocery store, uh, sweet potatoes, stick some toothpicks, a, like halfway up the sweet potato. And then, um put them in a glass of water, right? Or jar so that the bottom half is in water. And then they will start to sprout out the sides. And then those are slips, right? That then we can pot, we can take off of the potato and then pot up.
0: That's right. Yeah. You just cut them out with those little eyes and they'll reroute and keep growing. Yeah. So you cut them out. Don't just pull them off. You you could, I've pulled a couple off too. I usually cut a little bit because that potato is still stored food, right? Yeah. They're attached to so they can, they can suck it up.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah so i mean just something something neat to try and something you know another way you can save money because sometimes when they go on sale mid midsummer they're you know they're easy to they're cheap but at the beginning of the season they can be expensive um, yes you know and uh, i'd rather spend my money on shrubs and uh, perennials than on the annuals so that's why i thought last year i did spend some more money than usual on things like the sweet potato vine and the um and uh, coleus so i thought i would try and see if i could uh you know save save the
0: yeah. money exactly
1: <laughs> and experiment too because it is kind of fun to see what you can do
0: yeah okay. I, I agree and i think that gardening in general is just the a a beautiful spot to play and test things test Mm -hmm. your light buy something fun and cool and see if it works for you or take some cuttings be experimental and fun and see what you can do you hear about all these things but you know you're very capable of doing a lot of these things as well I would Mm -hmm. even say uh, we could all probably do some eventually do some light crafting fairly uh, quickly and easily as well yeah lots of stuff to try out
1: um, just before we leave seeds, there are some things that we could like. I was direct sowing in the container, right, of the onions. But you can we start putting like spinach and radishes and kale at the by the end of April in the ground.
0: Yeah, if the ground is workable or our containers are workable, we can definitely start to plant out our okay. cool season crops. These cool season crops, like you said, like the lettuces and the spinaches and things like that, they are going to thrive in the cool weather. Mm -hmm. versus the warm weather we're all looking forward to so when it's a little chillier um you know floating around 10 or above uh, 10 to 14 kind of thing they can survive outside now again they are annual so watch if we do freeze if we're still getting freezing temperatures at the end of uh, april we might need to protect them or we might need to uh, bring them in Um, but if we give them a a good cover. Uh, a nice, you know, frost cloth or frost blanket, or even make like a little grow tunnel over them, you can Mm. keep some of that frost off of them, uh, as long as the rest of it doesn't freeze for a long period of time. Right. Uh, And even then they can take a little bit of light, but we want to keep them productive and and flavorful. So we don't want that to really happen yet. Right. Okay. But you can definitely do that. Mm -hmm. And Mm
1: -hmm. and as we go to annuals and perennials, so we do want to, you know, remind everybody to let the the stems from your plants and your perennials, your ornamental grasses, just leave it be um, this picture that there are little ho- hotels for plants and bugs and insects in there. So you do want to wait till the temperature warms up before we start cutting them back. Um, and uh, you know, the birds will eat from the bugs and, and things like that. So it's, you're, you're really benefiting a lot of things that by doing that um, we do have um, who is it that just oh, Walt just asked about putting fresh mulch around our perennials now? Um, I still say no, Walt because that still means you're going to be walking around and, and tromping on the on the plants. So I think you can hold off for a little bit longer and until the soil especially dries up uh, and then and then you can, then you, there's plenty of time to do the, the mulch.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just let it warm up and, and dry out again because there's still plenty of time to do mulch. And that's yeah. one of the benefits of not raking your leaves. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that they're going to fall in there? They're going to act as that house, but then they'll actually be a mulch now. When you're worried that you're going to miss that time to do it, mm-hmm. so yeah, you could definitely do that. Thinking mm-hmm. about annual. Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say Steve wants you to hang on and save that beetle and start a beetle farm. So that could be a whole episode, Steve. Um, so Matt says, so save Ooh. that beetle, start a beetle farm. Folks are loving these guys dipped in chocolate. You know. It's a thing. So thanks, Steve, for that. Um, I don't know about Japanese beetles, but
0: hey, Matt. Steve, is that a thing?
1: It's, <laughs> oh uh, my God. Beetles, crickets, mm-hmm. you know.
0: I have some chocolate chips I could melt over it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost serve uh, cycle. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Thank you very much, Steve. Yes. But um, as Walt was thinking about fresh mulch, it reminds me, look, just looking in our little tip book, we can start to get into refreshing some of our thought out. Uh, containers as April continues to warm up, we might consider refreshing our uh, containers ahead of time. I know my containers are starting to thaw out just a little bit. They're also in big black containers and sit in full sun. Uh, but the upper layers are starting to break away and crust. So I might be able to uh, change in the next couple weeks. Uh, take some time to take them down and empty the soil and you want to make sure that you're especially if you've got like the peat-based soils you want to replace them every two years or so even every year is even better because it's you've got the peat that is fully formed and and there but if you do let some break down like I do I would add some more amendment like a compost or an organic matter to it just to make sure that it incorporates that broken down peat okay but yeah Definitely containers are going to be thawed out first before of your ground. And by end of April, we might even see some, you know, some cool weather, uh, potted daffodils or tulips, some things that are forced or some cold grown pansies and mm-hmm. uh, primulas and things like that. We can start making our containers with. So, yeah, container gardening is going to start a little bit sooner than in our ground garden for those who are anxious to go. Mm hmm. -hmm.
1: And uh, we talked a bit about this last week, but those if you do know of forsythia or pussy willow in the neighborhood, um, you can cut those and bring them inside and put them in water and and kind of force them uh, to be blooming. And uh, I know if you have any fruit trees or trees that you're worried about. Um, our friend Nancy was worried, is worried about her, her pine tree in her yard that's come down with some kind of a fungus, so she has been applying based on the in- instructions from the arborist uh, dormant spray. Mm-hmm. So now, so if you do are concerned about something, if you do have a fruit tree, if you do have. Um, you know something that you're concerned about that might be overwintering. You know, not a beneficial insect or a <laughs> fungal a fungal issue. Then dormant spray is a mix of horticultural oil and lime sulfur, right, Matt? That's and- right. So it's going to suffocate. So it's a natural product. So that's why you can use it on fruit trees. Um, So it's not going to harm your plants. It's not going to harm anything around the the plant that you're spraying. But you need a sunny day, not a windy day. And you need a sunny day. And you need the temperature to be above five degrees, right?
0: That's right. Needs to to be
1: five degrees Celsius. Yeah that's right that's right yeah and um then you only have to do it once you don't have to keep reapplying because uh, i i'd forgotten that because i said to her she she did it and then the next day it rained and she said no no it didn't say to reapply it said it just dried it was warm enough yesterday and sandy enough that it would have dried and so that would be good so that's something as far as maintenance in the bigger plants for those that are keen to do something the other thing that i recommend that is something to be careful of because it does involve walking in your garden even though i told just told you not to do it um but if you have very large uh, limelight hydrangeas, any of the pan- panicle hydrangeas, right? Yeah, you hydrangea paniculata. Con- yeah, that's you know, or lime or like hydrangea standards that you want to control mm. the size of. Now is the time to go and trim. Uh, trim those back I don't recommend you trim them all like really low I still recommend you leave the you know you vary the heights of the stems but if they've gotten a little ahead of you and and you know we want to blue like while it's cold in March and beginning of April we want to trim them before the leaf start like leaf buds start uh, so that you don't delay blooms yes you can trim them in April or May but you will probably then delay blooms a little bit
0: yeah yeah Excellent tip. One thing to remember, too, is if you didn't service your uh, secateurs or your pruners as you're mm. heading out to cut your lime limelight hydrangeas, uh, make sure that you give them a good disinfection. And it's always good to give them a nice sharpen, right? Much like us, you know, the sharper the cut, the quicker and easier we are to heal. Same thing applies to those plants and those cambium layers and that wood we cut through. If you have a dull blade Uh, You cause it to skip. You can cause some cracking or some buckling in the stem. And that takes a long time to heal. But it also might be a spot where those vectors of pests and diseases uh, take advantage of uh, that unhealing wound to eat from or further infect the plant. So give your tools, your shovels, your pruners all a good sharpening and a good cleaning. Um, I always like to, like my grandfather said, you know, give everything a nice sharpen and then put them in some good oils and then Mm. dip them in a thing of sand. Uh, ah, keep yes, them a sharp of sand. And, yeah, yeah. Keep them yeah. sharp. Keep them upright and and have that oil still on them, uh, mm. and protect that and keep them dry and prevent them from rusting. So, yeah, yes. just a, yeah. Just sanitation is really key. Uh, when it comes down to a lot of things, in that's garden.
1: right. That's right. So yeah. So that's it. many of these tips. Everybody have come from our book that Matt mentioned a uh, halfway through there, uh, down the garden path, a step by step guide to your Ontario garden, and that's the the type of thing we've tried to do in the book is really tell you what to do each month um, in the different categories from seeds and bulbs. Uh, to annuals and perennials as well as lawn care and deciduous trees and shrubs and evergreen trees and shrubs so we we will continue our monthly just a review but if you do want to have those notes at your fingertips then please check out our book on amazon we'd really appreciate it um, and we think it or gift it to somebody i think they make a great mother's day gift by the way so now yeah, is the day time day. Yes, yes. And Brian has written in to remind me, no buying yellow. Yes, you're right. <laughs> it, it's challenging, Brian, because there's some of the native plants that, you know, we're all really wanting to incorporate into our gardens. A lot of them are yellow. <laughs> so uh, that's a bit of a challenge for me. And um, did you want to read, Mar- Mike has written us a poem.
0: Mike has written, oh, yes, right here we go. Mike has written in uh, my poem for Joanne and Matt. Uh, we love your gardening tips. Oh, yes, we do. We love what you teach us and your guests, too. The tips you give us are so true. Oh, down the garden path, we love you. That's all I
1: That is great, Mike. I'm putting that on Instagram. Oh, my gosh. That is so great. Yeah. Sorry,
0: Mike. We're putting that all over our social media. Just so you know.
1: Thank you. Thank (laughs) you. Um, So we do want to chat our stepping stones. So my one tip, do you have a stepping stones tip? You know, even though I know the whole show is about tips, but I did something today that I thought was smart. Um, Remember, I said I went for a walk. And because we're the corner house, a lot of the, and my garden goes right to the road. So a lot of like the leaf debris and, you know, all along the curb, um, um, gets all like the, the, the blah, leaves have all started to decompose and they're like black and mushy. But yeah. I do know when it rains really hard, they're preventing the water from getting to the drain quickly. Um, so I just got out our snow shovel and I was like, I'm like, cause it's wet and gross. And I'm like, Oh, I can't put those in a paper bag. Well, I put them back on my garden. Cause I thought those leaves are almost like halfway decomposed. So they're just going to turn into, um, so hopefully that was a good idea, but I think it is. Cause I, I saved myself the effort of trying to fit them in the bag and have the, the poor guys have to empty, lift those bags. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was a lot of, you know, decomposing stuff that's just been on the road um, just along, you know, it hugs the curb, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think safety too, as you do that, because we get to that point where, now we're getting the rains and the ground is frozen, so we get all that extra runoff. Yeah, and then that starts blocking sewers and yes, all of our water uh, causeways or escape exits or escape routes. So yeah, yeah, help prevent flooding and everything like that. Yeah, for, for, sure. for sure. So
1: so yeah. So that is my step by my my uh, oh. down the stepping stones tip today. So I'll put you on the spot.
0: Oh, you totally put me on the spot. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would have one tip that jumps out uh, over all of them now that you've put me on the spot. Maybe I'll have to think for next week. Yes, you'll have to uh, think for
1: next week. I'll, I'll um, why don't you tell everybody about YouTube?
0: Yeah, so don't forget as we finish uh, or as we post our shows every uh, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday on all the major podcast providers, we are again on YouTube. So you can find us at Down the Garden Path Podcast for YouTube. You can also find us at Down the Garden Path podcast for our instagram and our private facebook group where we like to interact and discuss and we're going to be posting mike's poem very shortly uh you, it looks like you're almost looking at your phone are you doing it now no
1: no i wasn't <laughs> doing it now you busted me though but no i wasn't doing it now. hello
0: and <laughs> i thought oh, she's writing mike's poem right on the. yeah
1: yeah, yeah so sure. check us out
0: after the show down the garden path podcast Uh, for Instagram, for sure, uh, as well as Facebook and YouTube. If you are looking to maybe support the show, because we've had some questions, you can find Down the Garden Path, a podcast at Patreon. So basically just support your creator's those who are creating content for you. Um, yeah, definitely helps us out. We're going to be talking to some people about our uh, end of the month, every April or month in the garden episode for $10 at $10 tier. we we'll give you an exclusive zoom link to uh, chat with us after the show for 20 minutes and talk about everything or anything you basically want. Yeah. Send us pictures, ask us. Yeah, design, I was say, design, send dilemmas. Our
1: design dilemmas. We bring them on everybody. I know everybody's been really good at, uh, um, emailing us or commenting here, but we'd love some design dilemmas too. We are landscape designers. How <laughs> is you, have you started any, any appointments or any measuring?
0: Yep. I've got three underway and a couple of more phone calls waiting to hear back from this afternoon. Mm. So design is, is definitely on the way. Even my students are excited to just be out there and, and get started. So yeah, we are, we are full out. So let's, yeah. Let the design begin. I'm yeah. looking forward to it.
1: I know. It's so funny. Cause we, we usually are all like, no, no, keep snowing, keep snowing. We're not ready. We're not ready. And then it yeah. gets to a point where like, Oh my God, the snow needs to melt so we can, we can go measure and, yeah. uh, and, and see things. So yeah, I have a few underway, uh, one or two wrapping up shortly. I've, I've met with the people over the weekend. So I'm just putting the finishing touches and then I have some appointments uh, this week. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, it's, it's going to be good uh yeah wonderful yes yeah. so yeah.
0: that is excellent so yes definitely check us all out uh, again uh, as we were saying it is our april in the month and we've got lots of amazing content in the book amazon.com or.ca uh buy yours now in time for uh, mother's day if you'd like a signed copy you yeah. can reach us out or uh, reach out to us at down the garden path podcast on the hotmail uh or at hotmail.com And uh, we can arrange that for you, too. That's right.
1: And our last uh, listener question is Sue has just written in saying that she really enjoyed the show. And when will it be posted so she can listen to it again on the podcast? We aim to have it posted in the morning, uh, Sue. Uh, That's always our goal, but uh, usually by the afternoon.
0: Yes, exactly. And don't forget, it'll go on to YouTube as well. That's right. (laughs) Plug the YouTube.
1: That's right. Yes. Yeah, it goes to both places. So, so thanks everybody for listening and joining us here down the garden path. We're excited to talk to ne- and talk about bees next week. So Niagara bee Way is going to be here. So bring your bee questions to the hive right. next week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to the down the garden path hive. That's right. Well, until next week, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Enjoy your beginning of April, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to Down the Garden Path with your hosts Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing right here on Reality Radio 101.